Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 108. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So kicking off 2019 on the interviews is Anton Crayley. Now, Anton is the founder and CEO of Dropship Lifestyle, an e-commerce lifestyle. He focuses on empowering people through e-commerce and better marketing. He and his team are constantly researching and testing to discover what works best in digital marketing and e-commerce. So, Anton, it is fantastic to have you on the show and welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So, Anton, before we really get started into everything, could you give us a little bit of a backstory of what's brought and how it has brought you to this point today? Sure. Yeah, I have been involved with e-commerce, so selling physical products online for, I think, about the past 11, almost 12 years now. Got started when I was right out of college. Didn't want to go the traditional route and get a job. Knew I wanted to have some type of business. Really had no idea what I was doing and tried to figure things out as I went. I did get lucky. Back then, a book came out that introduced me to the world of e-commerce. Back then, it was a totally different game, a totally different business, but it kind of gave me enough to run with. I built my first store and just have continued to optimize, learn more, and improve since then. Wow. So you have you literally gone from college to your own business without the in-between? Yep, I did. So throughout school, high school, and throughout college as well, I always did work in the summers and my time off. I did all different types of things, but construction. I worked at a local nursery that the construction guy owned. I sold Christmas trees in the winter. I was saving money, uh, putting money away because I did know I wanted to be entrepreneurial. I did know I wanted a business. Uh, I just didn't know that online was an option. I thought I would need money to buy into a franchise or something like that. But the plan was go to school for the experience that I always saw in the movies, get out, and then I can get into business. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you are the CEO of Dropship Lifestyle? Yes, correct. And um, what does Dropship uh, Lifestyle actually do? So Dropship Lifestyle is an education company that I started in about uh, about 2012, and we do different online trainings. We also host a, an, uh, an event every year in different parts of the world. I actually just got back from Bali from our 2018 retreat, but basically we bring together different e-commerce store owners and have a platform to share information, but also learn from other people as well. Wow. Okay. So Bali, that's a tough job, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a pretty nice week. Not, not a <laughs> bad did, business conference. Who's who's in charge of location sourcing for that one? That must be a good one just to do. I'll, it. I'll tell you how it works. So this was our fifth annual retreat, and the first time it was in Thailand. I was living there. It was in Chiang Mai, northern Thailand. And okay. since that, it's been at every retreat. I just ask people, where do you want to go next year? Then everybody said Koh Samui, and I said okay. Then everybody said Hawaii. I said all right, we'll do it in Hawaii. And this year it was Bali. Next year it's Prague. So we're switching it up. Finally, uh, finally going to Europe. Plenty of beer in Prague. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in order for you to um, be effective in sort of the e-commerce thing, do you, you know, and obviously we're re- reading your one sheet and those sort of things, is obviously digital marketing and knowing what's effective in digital marketing and e-commerce, mm-hmm. that's obviously got to be a very critical and key part of being able to be effective online. 
Right. And that it really is everything. Just being on top of what's working now in the world of online marketing. Um, you know, like I said, when I first started, I think 12, it was 2007. So 11, 12 years ago, I really, you know, everything I did back then, which did work, those things just don't work anymore. So it's not because, you know, there were bad techniques. It's just because different ad platforms come out and different, uh, you know, people come online and there's different social networks you can market on and video started to take off. So the biggest thing I do, even though I, I consider myself an e-commerce store owner, that's what I would tell people I do. But what I really am is an internet marketer because everything I sell is on the internet and the way I get customers and the way we convert them into sales is through marketing. So that's primarily where I focus my time day to day. Right. Okay. So with, with sort of thinking about that and looking at that, cause I know this is, I mean, we're in the world now where you probably you've got to be an effective marketer online in order to get your products and services out there and on that market platform. Mm -hmm. What have you found to be some of the most effective ones? Cause it must be, it's one of those challenging things. Things move so quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that with the speed that things are moving now, it seems like people's memories are decreasing more and more. And it's because, you know, I get it. Like, let's just say somebody finds one of my websites through a Google ad, for example, you know, they're, they're not going to remember the name of my website an hour later, probably even 10 minutes later. And that's even if they want to buy something. And the reason that is, is because again, now people have, they have, you know, Google Chrome pulled up, then they have YouTube playing in the corner, then they're listening to a podcast and they're checking their email. So because I think people's attention spans are going down, uh, one of the biggest things that we have focused on, you know, and we focus on more and more is really making sure that we are everywhere and that our remarketing doesn't leave any chance of a customer forgetting about us. Because the thing is, especially with the types of products that we sell, a lot of them are just, they're things that other people sell. Uh, right now, I can give you an example. I'm at a stand-up desk. So let's say I sold these stand-up desks. Even if somebody came to my website and they said, wow, I really love this one. I want to buy this. I'm definitely going to buy it tonight after I go home and talk to my husband or wife. Then, okay, that's good. They go home. They talk to their husband and wife. Then they open their phone or go on the computer. They're not going to remember where they saw the stand-up desks. They're probably going to go back on Google, search for it again, find a website, and maybe buy it elsewhere. So our biggest focus right now is after somebody comes to our website, not just doing the basic remarketing and retargeting on Facebook and Instagram, but also being there on YouTube, also being there in Google search text ads, also being there on Bing, being there in different mobile apps, just every single place we can be in their Facebook Messenger, just because it, it's too hard to hold attention these days. Yeah, it's interesting because I was speaking to my, um, my sons the other day, and we were just talking about something as simple as telephone numbers. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger, it was, you could remember all of your friends' telephone numbers yeah, I had to, yeah. Yeah, but now that has gone completely out the window because they're so reliant on, well, my phone's going to tell me exactly what, it, you know, what number I'm going to ring. I don't have to remember anyone else's number. So exactly. it's, 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 it's exactly the same process. You're right. People just, they'll see something to give them an idea and then mm -hmm. they'll just go back and then just go back to the search and whatever pops up. 
Exactly. Exactly. Especially, and especially the way that we sell products. So let's just say again, if I sold a stand-up desk for the one I'm using is from a company called Varidesk. If I sold for them and so there, I, I'd probably have three or four competitors that were selling the same thing. So you know, to have the person not just remember that desk, but then remember us specifically, it takes, takes a lot of effort on our part to get them to come back. And it didn't used to be like that. So that, that was one of the big shifts. Um, some things that honestly, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy about, but that haven't really changed is our, our highest source of revenue after we have people on our website is still email marketing. So for everybody says that, you know, email's dead, it doesn't work anymore. No, it, it works and it works the best. Um, you know, beyond that, we are having really good results as well with, uh, with YouTube remarketing. And I think it's just because people don't, I don't know, really expect it, or maybe it's because there's not as many small to mid-sized companies doing so. So when we pop up there, it turns to get us a, a very good return on ad spend. It's an interesting thing when you say about the email marketing, because the amount of people, and I guess it's just one of these fad things, they'll push whatever is next, the big shiny thing, because yep. they'll go email marketing's not working, it's now bot marketing, or mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's something else. And and ultimately, it's. Do you find that certain industries w will may work better with different things, or do you think, from your experience, it's you're just d doing consistently well through that email marketing platform? So we do a combination of everything. We do use Facebook Messenger bots. We do use SMS marketing where we're allowed to. But the thing is, with email, it, everything else is in addition to email. But email really drives it all. And I forgot. I wish I knew where I got this from. This quote or the saying I heard somewhere. Uh, somebody was talking about all of these, you know, social platforms, and they said the one thing right about all of them is that you need an email address to sign up. And it's so true because not everybody has all the platforms, but you need an email address to join all of them. So it's still where you're going to be able to capture the, the largest pool of people. And even though people do get more emails than ever, even though Google now has a promotions tab, if you kind of do things right on your end, you could still end up in people's primary inbox where you're not going to be you know, mixed in with 100 other promotions. And the results are still, again, just are by far our highest return on ad spend. Okay, so as the you know, this is your area of expertise. This is what you specialize in. You you know, you literally left school and started doing it. So you know, you've you've got that you've got that time to do this. If someone is just starting business or they're just starting to look at that, well, what would you say the sort of starting things would be mm -hmm. in order for them to start getting that momentum going? Yeah, the momentum. So it, what's what's good is the. It builds quick when you sell the right type of things online. Uh, the right type of things is something that people obviously want, uh, something that's high quality so the customer is not going to complain, something that can be delivered in a relatively small amount of time so you're not having you know, two-week lead times. And uh, the, the biggest thing, like the biggest tip I would give anybody just getting started is to focus on expelling us. Uh, selling expensive items. So our average order value is around $1,000, usually more. And the reason that we sell $1,000 plus products instead of $20 products is because you have so much more profit in each order. It just makes it easier to do things like advertise on Google and advertise on Facebook and be able to have somebody that answers the phone and responds to emails on time. So uh, w when people want to get into e-commerce, they typically just gravitate towards, you know, these selling $10 iPhone cases and selling all these cheap little tricks.
trinkets. And it's very hard to be able to acquire customers profitably when you make $3 per sale. So my advice would be, yeah, go upstream, sell expensive products from legitimate suppliers. It'll just make everything else easier for you and your business. Yeah. So those, those kind of people are looking for volume rather than quality. Yes. Because they think that their, 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 their profits will go up higher because more people will buy them rather than, but the profit margins are a lot smaller. Exactly. It's just less money at the end of the day. So if I had, again, if I made, even if I made $5 per order, let's say I sold a $20 item and I sold the, the my cost of goods sold was 10 and my advertising cost was five, then that would, that I would be left with $5 profit, but I would have to get a customer for $5. And that's very, very hard to do. Whereas I could sell thousand dollar items and I can acquire customers for 50, 80, even a hundred dollars. That's fine. I'll pay a hundred dollars for a thousand dollar sale all day long. And it just makes it a lot easier um, and you have a lot more le uh, leeway. And even beyond that, like you mentioned, the, the whole volume game, you know, these people that are selling lower ticket products, some of them have thousands upon thousands of orders per day. And these are small, you know, few people operations. And anybody that's ever been in sales or customer service can imagine what their support inboxes look like. And it's just, in my opinion, for someone that loves the whole lifestyle business uh, mindset and mentality, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. And, and so, so you know, you've said email marketing is, is, is working very, very well for you. So that's obviously something that you would suggest people to do. Um, is there another one that you find would be the next choice once they've got that email marketing platform sorted out? What yeah. would you yeah. So, so the, e the easiest wins for people looking to get the best return on their, their advertising dollars, the first is definitely to, you know, do email marketing that that's always going to be the, oh, I shouldn't say always, as far as I see right now, it's still, and it will be the best. And um, with the emails you send have different campaigns based on what happens. So obviously your abandoned cart sequence, we have a post-purchase follow-up sequence that offers other related products and services. Uh, we do holiday campaigns. You know, we've had black Friday and cyber Monday, tons of emails devoted just to them. So do things like that first. The second easiest win you're ever going to have is just a, a very simple marketing campaign on Facebook where at, where you have different audiences we create two different groups we have uh, warm audiences and warm audiences are people that have been to our website within the past 30 days and those people we show ads to getting them back to different product pages then we have our hot audiences and our hot audiences are ones that have actually added items to their cart and for one reason or another they haven't pulled the trigger and you know placed the order so we run different ads to those two groups of people and besides email those generate the most amount of sales and you don't need big budgets you don't need to be super tech savvy to get those going but uh, they'll make sure with those two those two things in place that the people that visit your website will be a lot more valuable to your business uh, just because you're giving them an opportunity to come back yeah so it's it sounds like as well as it's about taking the time and thinking about the the processes mm -hmm. in order to implement those things to get the best return and not doing what possibly some people will do, which is just so, oh, I'm just going to go and start email marketing. It, right. it, you've got to think of that whole customer journey. Exactly. Where yeah. They, yeah. Where they may exit, where they may enter, mm -hmm. and then help 
do that. Yeah. Yep. And it, so that, and you're totally right. Like we have about six different automatic campaigns that, that start based on where somebody's at in our business and how they're interacting with us. And upfront, it definitely takes time to learn it all and to set it up. But the beauty of it is, is once it's up and it's running, you can not touch these things for years, these email automations, and people will just continue to go through them. So, um, you know, that, that's a little bit of a process upfront, but well worth it, the investment of time. It's like it's like always the case though, isn't it? If you take if you um if you go slow and you just think about the processes and implement them properly, mm-hmm. that actually the reward is far is far greater. It's 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 probably in some ways the same comparison as don't always go for the the cheap stuff. You know, right. put some time, invest that time in developing those systems, and then as you said, you could have the campaigns that were running for years and still you're getting returns from them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you should think of it too, because it might be, let's just say one email in one of your campaigns, the way you should think about it is this email, right? If you scale your business and you get traffic, like we have some emails that have been sent over a million times to, you know, over a million different inboxes, which is crazy to think about because it's literally probably a 500 word email, but you know, you should should put time into it and uh, yeah, they'll just keep working for you as long as you, you think about it uh, upfront and you make it, I would say worth reading and worth clicking. Yeah, yeah. So remember, it has to be quality yes. as well. So I'm um, slight deviation before we go into the second part of the show. How do you find working on at the standing desk? So it's it's interesting. So right now, you know, we're having a conversation. So I'm having it as I'm standing. Um, I do different calls. I do webinars sometimes. I do some coaching calls. When I do that, I do like to stand. Um, but when I'm doing more, I would say deep work and I'm diving deep into our analytics and whatnot. I'm usually, I'm, I'm sitting for that, but yeah, <laughs> keep the energy up when I stand. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to go to the second part of the show where I am going to put you on the hot seat and ask a set of questions. I ask every guest who comes on the show. So are you sitting, com- standing comfortably? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. The first one on average, how much time a week do you think you dedicate to self-development? I think a fair amount. I'm big into listening to podcasts, watching different educational videos. Uh, don't read as much as listen to audiobooks. But yeah, I, w- I mean, every day, like I wake up and when I'm in the shower in the morning, I have my phone in there with uh, some kind of podcast that teaches me something new or an audiobook that I'm learning from. So I definitely devote, I'd say at least an hour a day. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Number two is what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I, I would have to say, and it, it sounds weird because I'm not like a big Tony Robbins fan. I just never really looked that much into it. But I would say maybe eight years ago, maybe even more, I listened to the audiobook from Awaken the Giant Within. And it was when I was in a relationship that I kind of like wanted to get out of. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I remember I got like, it maybe it, it kind of changed the way I thought about things. So I, I would say that one, it definitely, uh, it resonated with me. Brilliant. Okay. Um, number three is what app makes the biggest impact to your life or business? Hmm. You know, I, I got to say at this point, YouTube, I, uh, I, I watch a lot of videos and if I ever need, to, if I ever don't know anything, I could usually find the, uh, the answer there. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Cause it's, I, I do that cause I'm more of a visual person. Mm-hmm. So I'll generally use YouTube as my search engine for how to things. Yes. Definitely. Where, probably used to use Google normal or should I say the normal search engine probably mm-hmm. made two, three years ago, but I'm definitely more the YouTube thing now. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's why YouTube's the second largest search engine, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, they have a yeah. You you can learn whatever you want. I love it. It is scary what you can find on there. Really. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four is what's your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? Yeah, I would say early on, after a few years of e-commerce, I was kind of thinking like, okay, now that this business is working and I'm making money from it, let me start what I thought would be a real business, which would was an offline business. Um, I, I don't know why, like even back then, I just I, I knew the internet thing was working, but I didn't really see it as sustainable just because I didn't know anybody else that was doing it and it was kind of new. So I took a bunch of money that I had made online and I started a, a digital signage company in Long Island, uh, on Long Island in New York where I'm from. And uh, it just was way too much work for way too little money and way too much of a time suck. So yeah, I took the money I made online and I put it into something I never even wanted to do. Bad move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number five is, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yeah, I, I love work. So it, it has been an issue in the past. Um, but, you know, I think <laughs> the way that I made it work was by finding someone and marrying someone that gets that I enjoy what I do. And um, that's excited when I'm excited about, you know, different things in business and in life. And um, we work together really well in, in that sense. So I think that's how I make it work. I, I have a partner that, that it gets excited as much as I do about what's happening. Does your partner work with you? No, she doesn't. I mean, she, I shouldn't say she doesn't. She does help from, from time to time, but yeah. she does her own thing for the most part. Right. Okay. Is she, and is she a, um, an e-commerce as well? Yes, she, she does. She has a story. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. okay. I can understand the mutual passion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Yeah, one thing that I, I always, when I was younger and I was looking up at these other business owners, not any big business celebrities, but just even like small business owners, I always thought that like they knew something that, that I didn't and that they were, you know, these, these people that had all the answers to every question. And what I realized is even people that run huge businesses, a lot of them are still figuring it out themselves. And, uh, you know, they kind of just, they, they went a different route. They, they're taking chances. Maybe they're betting more on themselves, but they're not just successful because they're the smartest people in the world. They're just figuring it out. So yeah, uh, knowing that there, there's room for error at every level and, um, pretty much anybody can make this work if they have the, the motivation. Yeah. It, it's one of those entrepreneur mindsets, isn't it? That they, they'll do it and they'll figure it out as mm -hmm. they're doing it rather than a completed 100% complete is, yes. you know, is the way they kind of like, well, it's probably not even 80, 20 rule, to be honest. It's they'll just go for it and then figure that out and use that as their learning experience. Exactly. And that, that's the biggest thing, you know, always having takeaways. And that's what most of the time that, that I'm spending working is looking at, you know, what we're currently doing, where we're spending money, what products we're trying to sell, then trying to figure out, oh, wow, I lost, you know, X amount of dollars on this ad set or on this platform. And okay, not that I'm a failure and this whole thing fell apart, but like, okay, cool. Now I know that didn't work. Let's take that data and let's put it here. So that's just this whole game of business. Like things will not work. Most things will not work, but that's how you figure out what does work and that's how you succeed but you also bring up that really good point that it's about you you've got to dedicate time to work on your business not just in it 
Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. We always try to set aside time where it's not about just, you know, getting things done and filling the day-to-day tasks of the business, but just sitting there with a pen and paper, looking at the business goals that we had originally written down, analyzing how close we're getting there. And if we're not really just taking a look at like, okay, what, what's actually happening here? Cause it's very easy to get caught up and just to build yourself a, a job. Sometimes one you don't even want. Yeah. And so obviously for what you do, the stats must be really, really important. Um, Do you, if do you have a team or is it just, is it kind of like, is it mainly you and you outsource? I I do. Yeah, I have a team. We, uh, we do have a lot of uh, help that's outsourced, but we have 14 people that are, uh, that are full time. And I am, I'm in Austin now in Texas and we have an office here. There's, there's a handful of us that work here. Most are remote, but yeah, yeah, we all work on everything together. And do you, do you have like a, a dashboard system where people monitor or do you have like a, a, a period of a set time when you go, okay, we need to examine the stats? Do you do any of that or do you have a... Definitely. Yes. So for like our our media buyer that's running our ads on Facebook and on Google, we review the numbers there once a week. Uh, We have our content manager that's publishing our blog posts. Same thing. Every time we publish anything, we have a basically just a Google sheet that we modified to track how much reach we're getting. If we're growing, if we're shrinking, if we're staying flat as far as our organic rankings. So we have different dashboards for I'd say each thing that we do, not many different things because really we do marketing, we do content and we do sales so we're just looking at those and making sure we're moving the right direction that's cool brilliant okay okay question number seven is what is your definition of success um yeah it's pretty simple one but just waking up in the morning and being excited to to start the day and get out of bed if you feel that way you're definitely winning yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, the easy the easy feedback yeah Yeah. i don't want to hit the snooze button exactly exactly (laughs) okay Question eight is, do you have any daily routines or rituals that um, help make a huge impact to your day? Um, Nothing like, nothing that special. I I do think it it helps in the morning. Like, you know, when I'm, when I'm starting, it could be any time, but like I, I try to, educate myself as much as I can. So again, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts when there's free time, like if I'm in the shower, if I'm driving to work, if I'm driving somewhere, um, you know, trying to, I guess, make use of that dead time that I can't be productive. And it's not because I'm like trying to hack everything and, you know, get all this information. It's just something I enjoy listening to. And it just always sparks new ideas. And basically I'm learning with time that I would normally be listening to some boring radio show probably. So I I would recommend other people try that as well if you enjoy it. And, And what is, what is your podcast of choice? That's a good question. So I kind of have mixes. I'm actually, I just grabbed my phone because I want to look and see what I have in here right now. So uh, a really good one that I like is actually from uh, the guy that started the company ClickFunnels. Um, it's called Marketing Secrets with Russell Brunson. Uh, just real short episodes, you know, 10 minutes long sharing something that happened in their business. Um, I've got a ton of value of that one. Then I also listen to a lot of podcasts that wouldn't normally be business podcasts, but sometimes they have business people on. Um, one of them that I'm looking at, the, the podcast Waking Up with Sam Harris, just kind of different, I don't know, different I don't want to say philosophy, but maybe philosophy or psychology. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, kind of helps and translates. Um, I have my podcast on here. That's, uh, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, why wouldn't 
I kind of have a, yeah, I have a, a wide spectrum. Um, I also really like the, a podcast called The the Top. And that podcast, the uh, the host, the guy named Nathan, just interviews people for like 15 minutes, but asks them about their sales numbers, their revenue, and they just tell them every, like it, it's known when they go on that they're going to give all the information inside their business. So that one I, uh, I'm a frequent listener of as well. Yeah, which a lot of companies don't like talking about. No, and I, I totally understand why. I think it's strange it's that so many do language. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like that. I know that um, I think it's John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn. They put how much they've earned, how much they've, you know, their profit and loss. Right. On the, and I'm like, yeah. how many people would actually do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I would not. I would not do that. And it's funny, <laughs> when I actually, when I first started, uh, you know, with the whole like dropship lifestyle thing, I did one month, I posted one of those things, like an income report. Yeah. I saw everybody yeah. else doing it. And yeah. all that happened was people were like, oh, this is fake. Like, I don't believe it. I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to share anything anymore. And like, I don't, I don't, yeah, it, it did not attract the right type of attention. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Lasted about one week. <laughs> <laughs> but you tried, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the last question is the life lesson question. It's basically you pick a number between one and 50, and whatever it lands on is a life lesson that I've learned, and it is our final conversational point. All so right. I am 34, so let's go with 34. 34 is perfectionism. Ooh. Okay, so for me, um, one of the things I identified is, is how much of a a momentum stopper perfectionism is and although it can be a good thing it can also be a dangerous thing in the sense that things don't you know we talked about entrepreneurs are prepared to go it doesn't have to be a hundred percent and it's and it's that thing where you've got to be willing to get stuff out and get feedback on stuff without it being a hundred percent because if you are the the person that's trying to check if it's okay and it's your work it'll probably never be as good as you want it to be. And I just wondered what your experience is with perfectionism and does it does it hold you back at all or have you, are you a recovering perfectionist? Not at all. People have responded to my emails and said, hey, you repeated this word and left a word out. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm more of the same thing. You know, it has to get done, get it done. And yeah, even being 70% of the way there is yeah. better than waiting to get to 100 and never making anything happen. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay. Okay. So the floor is now yours. All, all you need to do is share with the audience how people can find you, um, anything that you would like to share with them. The, take it away, please. Yeah, sure. If anybody wants to learn about e-commerce or dropshipping, you could just go to dropshiplifestyle.com. I've been posting on the blog there for the past, I think, five years. And uh, then I have a podcast also called E-Commerce Lifestyle. That's at ecommercelifestyle.com. Pretty original. And uh, that's just me ranting about different things that are happening in our business. So if you want to check those out, got plenty of info there. And uh, yeah, I guess just as a you know parting message, I I love that that came up in um, in in the advice you gave about perfectionism also. So you know just just get things done. If anything sounds too intimidating, you know nothing was learned overnight. It does take time, but in time, that's when greatness happens. So do a little bit every day. Do it wrong, you'll fail. Do it again, you'll get it a little bit better, and eventually you'll make it work. So yeah, that would be all. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Anton, for joining me on the show. It- Final word is wishing you the greatest success and take care. Appreciate that. You as well. So firstly, just let me say a massive thank you to all of you who've taken the time to listen to the show. And for those of you who are sending me emails to give me feedback about the show, what you like, what you'd like to see, 
I am extremely grateful to you all. I would be really grateful as well if you have time and the inclination to jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show as it really does help me stay on my mission, which is to help people create and live an exceptional life. Finally, you can get hold of these podcast show on many different platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of those ones that you probably listen to regularly. Um, All you need to do is hit subscribe and get them straight to your phone, which makes life so much easier. So just finally wishing you an amazing week. Take care and don't forget to keep pursuing the exceptional.